Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. New U of A football coach Brent Brennan closes in on his staff, and there's some familiar names that we need to get to. Let's get started here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day. All right, brought to you by Game Time. All right, now, Brent Brennan, as we've talked about, is doing a lot of good stuff. Now, I think a lot of people are wondering, all right, what's going on with the coaching search? Because there's a lot of questions about what the, uh, there's a lot of questions about what the roster uh, and how that pertains going forward. We're going to get to all of that. But first, Brent Brennan is a CEO type head coach. He's not the guy that calls the plays. So he is somebody that relies on his coaches to do that. He clearly trusts his coaches to do that. And that's something that I think we need to, uh, we need to understand. So the importance of his coordinators is going to be very, very important. Um, now, a name that we are all very, very familiar with, Dwayne Aquina figures to be a very prominent part of the new staff. Now, sorry, I had some yogurt. Um, a big part of it, a uh, big part with Dwayne Aquina is he's been all over and he's probably, he's about as renowned a defensive backs coach as there's ever been in college football. That's, uh, and that's not hyperbole. You've got three Thorpe Award winners. I mean, heck, the guy that he was his best uh, DB, Chris McAllister, didn't even win the Thorpe Award. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's produced what 11 or something like 11, uh, first round NFL draft picks. It might even be more than that, but it's, it's a staggering number. And he's done this at a multitude of different places, r ranging from obviously Arizona where he coached Chuck Cecil, Daryl Lewis, uh, Chris McAllister. Then he did it at Texas with Aaron Ross, Michael Huff at Stanford. He produced as well. I mean, you name it. And he's pretty much uh, coached it. He's probably run the gauntlet. So that's something to do, uh, keep in mind. Now, um, and what capacity will he be on the staff? That's something that we're still trying to figure out that I don't think that we quite know yet, but we will figure that out at some point. Um, now, there's some rumors that he's going to be the defensive coordinator, to which I say, fine, cool. Um, I Listen, what you saw with Arizona last year was something that, um, that, that was a massive, massive improvement. Um, not only was it a massive improvement uh, from Arizona or from uh, uh, previous years, it looked like everything on the defense was kind of on the, everybody was kind of on the same page that first year under Johnny Nansen. It didn't feel like everybody was on the same page. It kind of felt like everybody was kind of going in their own little direction. It, you just didn't really sense that there was that, uh, that there was that strong bond, that strong connection. Um, this feels, it felt a little bit different this past year. It felt like the defensive line, the linebackers and the secondary were all kind of moving in the same direction. And I think a big part of that was Dwayne Aquina 
and the uh, the expertise that he was able to bring in. Now, a big part of Dwayne Aquina is that he is very fiery. He not only is he very fiery, he's also the dude who you uh, you watch him. He is active. You know that Dwayne Aquina is in practice. You know that he is all over the place. And I think that was a good, I think that was a really good thing. Now, there were a lot of questions about, you know, at the age of 66, how was he going to be? Was he going to be, uh, you know, was he, was he going to be all in? And he certainly answered, he certainly answered all those questions. And I think more, um, he clearly was all in. And not only was he clearly all in, he also was kind of, you could also kind of tell too that. He uh, he enjoyed being out there. I think that it refreshed him to a certain degree. And not only did it refresh him, he was able to uh, kind of get. He was kind of given free uh, free reign, and it certainly showed off. Now, he didn't clearly didn't get along with Jed Fish to a uh, to a very uh, uh, to a to a degree because when Johnny Nansen headed for Texas, another guy that didn't really get along with Jed Fish, he brought Dwayne Aquino with him. Now. When it found out that Brent Brennan was going to be coming back, all of a sudden Dwayne Aquina is back in the equation. We will take Dwayne Aquina back into the equation. Um, so if he's the DC, I'm totally cool with it. Now, again, um, that's that's going to be a heavy a burden because keep in mind, like I said, uh, you know, Brennan's a CEO type that he lets his guys call the play, but he's certainly familiar with Dwayne Aquina. Dwayne Aquina is certainly familiar with Brent Brennan. So I don't see any reason, quite frankly, that this couldn't work. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that one. Then um, you've also got uh, some other names uh, uh, that you could be bringing over from San Jose State. Or, but again, right now Dwayne Aquina is that one play, or that one guy that you got to keep a real eye on. And keep in mind, Brett Brennan mentioned him in the presser. He said that he had a solid commitment from uh, Dwayne Aquina about becoming or about you know being on the staff. And you don't say that if that's not going to happen in this day and age um, where everybody's kind of in that gotcha mode, you don't say something like that unless you know that, yeah, Dwayne Aquino is probably going to be on staff with me. So that is certainly something to, uh, to keep in mind. Um, and then there's going to be some other names that are probably going to be on the, uh, there are going to be some familiar names that are probably going to be on staff as well. I'm also a fan of, uh, uh, David Phipp is also another one. You, I mean, you remember David Phipp from his time at the U of A, he is on, uh, he's in the NFL, but he's somebody that has, his name has come up before as well. David Phipp, I, I would be totally okay with David Phipp as a hire as well, um, but I think Dwayne Aquina is really the one that uh, really uh, kind of catches my eye because he's, you know, like I said, again, I'm just going to keep repeating it, but you noticed a marked change in the defense this past year when Dwayne Aquina took over. And not only was it a marked change, it was a change that it was pretty quick. I mean, in that first year under Johnny Nansen, it felt very much like a Marcel Yates type defense where, all right, let's just give up 10 yards, but nothing over the top. And then by, uh, by the end, you're in the end zone. This past year, the DBs were challenging guys. The uh, the uh, uh, the pass rush was significantly better. It was a team that just kind of felt like everything was on was on board. And you know, again, the DBs looked fantastic. Takario Davis, Ephesians Prysock, both those guys are in the portal. But just like I said, just because they're in the portal doesn't mean that they're leaving. So you got to keep that in mind. But those guys had monster breakout years, and I think a big part of that was Dwayne Aquina. And so again, we will, uh, we will certainly find that one out and what Dwayne Akita meant to that staff. Now, um, there is a new name that is emerging and, uh, this would be a name from the past that I would be 
more than okay with and somebody that U of A fans are very, very familiar with that is kind of keeping in line with keeping a lot of this in family and guys that like to be here. We're going to get to that. But first, FanDuel. All right, check it out. Now, FanDuel.com slash locked on. We are at the time of the year. Everybody likes betting on sports. You like betting on sports. I like betting on sports. FanDuel.com uh, slash locked on makes it more enjoyable because, you know, listen, if you've got some hard-earned money in the game and you know that it's good and you know that you're going to be able to cash that one out, that's a nice little uh, it's a nice little trinket to have. Check it out. FanDuel.com slash locked on. You will thank me later, as always, for this. I am here to help you. And again, it's fun. You can bet before games. You can bet uh, during games. FanDuel is your one-stop shop. Check it out. FanDuel.com slash locked on. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats, and making this your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now another name that we are very familiar with. Dino Babers. All right, now, uh, Dino Babers, um, just for all that don't know, he was with Dick Tomey at Hawaii. He obviously came with Ari uh, came to Arizona as well. Uh, Dino's been a head coach. He just got let go at Syracuse. But when Dino was at the U of A, Dino was responsible for the best offense in school history. Now, granted, you had some really good players on that squad. You had a, uh, you had a Dennis Northcutt. You had a Jeremy McDaniel. You had a trunk candidate, a Kelvin Efon. You had a loaded offensive line uh, with an Edwin Mulatalo. Uh, I can keep going on and on. Yusuf Scott, I can keep going on and on. But they put up points. And Brad, Brad Brennan, another one. I shouldn't leave Brad Brennan out of that. Um, they put up a lot of points, and the team went 12-1, and one, and they finished, what, fourth in the nation? So that is, you know, Dino Babers knows what he's doing offensively. Now, I think a big part of it, too, is what kind of offense would he run? Would he run a spread? Would he... Uh, I uh, I kind of like going more of a conventional offense with Noah, but I'm also not necessarily opposed to it as well. Um, I do think that... Uh, I do think that um, with, uh, you know, with Dino, a big part of it, too, is that I think he's going to be motivated. I don't know that he's going to be a head coach again, but I know that he enjoyed his time here in Tucson, and he did a really, really good job. And again, he's got offensive chops, another person that could kind of keep roster continuity in place. I would be more than okay with Dino Babers, and not only would I be more than okay, I think that that would be a home run hire. Now, um... Is that going to for sure happen? Nobody really knows. Um, but uh, that name has been thrown around, and I think if Brent Brennan could get Dino Babers into the mix, that would be a uh, that would be a home run. That would be a uh, a guy that has a lot of offensive chops. And not only does he have a lot of offensive chops, he's also shown before that you know he understands Tucson, he understands the recruiting scene, and 
I think it would be a pretty nice fit. And uh, it would be interesting to see how exactly, uh, you know, he and Noah Fafita and T-Mac would go. But um, listen, uh, Dino Babers is also a smart dude. He uh, knows that, uh, you know, the uh, the best players, um, you generally want to get the best players the ball. And that is certainly the, <laughs> that's certainly the case with uh that's certainly the case with Arizona. You would have uh, T-Mac coming back um, who would probably, well, I think it would fair to say would be the most talented wide receiver that Dino Babers has ever worked with. And then you'd also have a plethora of other players, your Kevin Greens, your Malachi Riley's, you know, again, assuming that all these players stay, that would be uh, that would be a very nice little, uh, a very nice, a lot of a lot of nice weapons for uh, Dino Babers to play with. And you got a pretty good offensive line again, again. This is all about, this is all contingent on this staff or on this, uh, the good per percentage of this team staying together, but you know, so far so good. Uh, nobody's bounced officially and it'll be fascinating to see exactly how this unfolds, but Babers has shown that he knows offense and not only does he know offense, um, he knows how to get the best out of it because again, you look back at that 98 team and you're like, well, you know, he had a ton of uh, really talented players. Cool. But we've also seen coaches that don't know what to do with talent. And um, let's just go this past year. Listen, when Noah Fafita took over, the offense started humming. But before then, Jaden Delora was a mess, and the offense was not good. Um, that is, uh, that's something that, you know, you got to keep in mind when you're talking about this kind of stuff is that Jane Delora was, uh, Jane Delora was not the answer that I think a lot of Arizona fans were looking for. Noah Fafita was that. So when people look back, it's kind of a tale of two seasons, what happened with, uh, Noah Fafita and what happened with Jaden Delora. And those were both two separate things, two separate entities entirely, obviously. Now, um, you know what, uh, now when Babers was here before, um, he was generally really good at taking advantage of the uh, talent that he had at his disposal. He had a big time running back and trunk candidate who could break one at absolutely any time. He had the game breaking receivers. So again, he would have a lot of that theoretically here at Arizona as well. Plus, it's hard to get a uh, it's hard as a head coach. It's hard to get a staff in place where you have somebody as a head coach who did a who, you know, who did a really good job. Out, I think at Bowling Green in northern Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. But listen, he had some up and downs at Syracuse, but Syracuse is also a tough place to win. And again, you're not hiring him as the head coach. So, again, in a vacuum, if Dino Babers is the head coach, I am more than OK with Dino Babers as the head coach. Um I'm not the head coach, the offensive coordinator. And I think he and Akina would uh, fit nicely. I think a big part of this too is synergy. Now, listen, I'm, I'm bummed. Everybody's bummed about how Jed fish left, but one thing that Jed fish did do is that he put together a really, really good coaching staff that I think was maybe outside of stoops where you had Mark stoops and you had Sonny Dykes. This was probably about as good a coaching staff as you could put together. And if you're Arizona, you're looking to kind of replicate some of that. Um, so uh, like I said, that would be really, really good. And the continuity would be great. Now, as far as the time frame goes, this decision has to be made sooner than later. Um, listen, you've got a lot of players on this roster that are looking to, uh, that are looking to, you know, if they're going to stay, then this, this needs to happen. And this needs to happen quickly. Um, because again, you only got a 30 day window in this portal. So again, I, and again, Brent Brennan is certainly, uh, Brent Brennan is certainly no dummy. He understands that uh, time is of the essence here. And I think some of this also comes down to at San Jose State. Who's going to uh, 
who on his staff is going to apply for the job? Because I don't think this is a spot where, you know, the Jed Fish type situation where he's going to look to uh, ravage, excuse me, the entire, uh, you know, the entire staff. If there's somebody like an Alonzo Carter that they can, uh, you know, that can get the head coach or a Dante Williams, then, or obviously a Georgia, Dante Williams from Arizona fame, then they're going to probably try to do that. But he's not going to look to pilfer and basically search and destroy, I think, in a way that like Jed Fish did. Um, so that's something that certainly uh, we should uh, we should bear in mind as well. Um, but again, when it comes to the time frame, this thing needs to be done sooner than later. We're kind of dragging this out a little bit. I get it. It's about getting the right staff in place. I totally understand that. But we're also in a different time and age now than we were, uh, what, um, you know, I don't know, like even five, six years ago where guys are probably going to stay on the roster. Uh, because they don't want to have to sit out a year. Now with the portal, players can move, players can do whatever they want. I think that's a good thing, but it also shows that you need to expedite this and you need to be able to get this one going. And I think Brent Brennan gets it. Obviously, Brent Brennan gets it. Now, another thing that I think people get is game time. All right, now, game time. Here's the deal. Let's pull this up. Game time. Where is game time? All right, you might say to yourself uh, that you want to go to watch something, but you don't know where to get tickets. And you're bummed and you're like, all right, um, where do I go get tickets? Here's the deal. Uh, download the Game Time app today. Use code Locked On College for $20 off. $20 off, my friends. $20 off. Now, this can be this can range from sports to uh, entertainment venues. Again, you name it, they kind of got it. Um, so again, check it out. Download the Game Time app today. Use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Again, everybody uses it. We know people that have used it and they use it because it works. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats and making this your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, now let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's talk a little bit now about the roster. And, uh, a big part of this is a big part of this is, um, who, who can you retain? Can you retain a no? Can you retain a, a Noah Fafita? And if you can retain a Noah Fafita, then all of a sudden it makes things a lot easier for you because you're returning a quarterback that I think Noah Fafita, quite frankly, can play in about any system. He is that cerebral. He's that smart. And not only is he that smart, um, he's also the dude who can, he's also the dude who can, um, you know, make plays. And I think he's going to be basically at, I think he's going to be basically solid in about any system. Um, and he's got a bunch of receivers that are with him that they're all on the same page. But again, getting Noah Fafita back is the first thing. Because if Noah Fafita comes back, guess who's probably not leaving? T-Mac. And guess who's uh, probably not leaving? Jacob Manu. And you can go on and on down the list. But I think a big part of this starts with Noah Fafita. And um, listen. You under I, I totally understand whatever Noah Fafita wants to do because again he is the uh you know he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink. Um when he took over here the offense went crazy and that's something that uh, we all saw and I think we were all very impressed by. But he's obviously got to make uh he's obviously got to make the move for the right move for himself. So but again, I think he's kind of the uh, he's kind of the impetus right there. 
And uh, obviously, uh, Tedaroa McMillan is kind of in that same boat. If Tedaroa McMillan, if I think they're kind of joined at the hip, I think they're kind of a package deal. And T Mac, let's be honest, is the best wide receiver in the country. He is a going to be a first round pick next year. Um, that is what a first round pick looks like. And to Arizona's credit, they have done absolutely everything that they can. And not only have they done everything they can. Um, they have, uh, you know, they put their best foot forward. There's only so much that you can do with certain kids though. We're going to find out exactly what, uh, what, uh, you know, kind of what their priorities are, but those ones are big. And then obviously with, uh, Jacob Manu, Jacob Manu is the guy who is an all American, uh, candidate at linebacker. He's with them. He ain't leaving if, uh, he ain't leaving if they're leaving. So again, those three, I think are kind of that package deal and, you know, in actuality, you know, the city has been really, really good to these dudes. And you got to give, I think you got to give the city a lot of credit and you got to give these guys a lot of credit too, for how they've been able to stick around and, uh, you know, at least so far and make this work. Now, who knows what happens, but they clearly like Tucson. I think they like being in Tucson and that's something that matters. Let's be honest. That's something that really matters is, you know, um, just kind of the community. And I can tell you for a fact that a lot of these players are kind of overwhelmed by the support that they've received from the community. And at the same time, I think they're also a little bit bummed that Jed Fish left in the manner in which he did because that wasn't cool. Duh. Um, so I think loyalty kicks into a certain degree as well. Now, um, then, you know, it comes to other players and I keep cautioning this. Um, the, uh, a big part of, a big part of this is, um, a big part of this is the, uh, you know, where exactly, uh, where exactly is the, uh, where exactly is the, uh, you know, the transfer portal and all of this. And I think a big part of that is the, uh, a big part of that is the, um, the, uh, you know, if the player going to leave or not, uh, Takario Davis and Ephesians Prysock, just because they're in the portal doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to leave. And uh, I think that's something that you certainly got to keep in mind. These guys can go pretty much everywhere they want, but Ephesians Prysock is still on campus. I saw him the other day. He's been to, uh, he's been to the team meetings. He's been to all of that. And, uh, and not only has he been there, not only, uh, has he been there, he's, uh, he's kind of been active again. If they got to leave, they got to leave. They got to do what's best for them. But um, so far, so good. Now we're going to uh, we're going to uh, obviously uh, keep everything in the loop or keep everything in the loop here. And uh, but again, so far, so good. This is kind of uh, this is kind of the situation, I think, where no news is good news, but the news needs to get done for the University of Arizona. All right. Now, on that note. As always, thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Mike Luke. We will be back with you. Bear down and back the A.